Welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name's Terry Barber with uh, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. What we do here at the Bishop Strickland Hour, we actually cover the Ten Commandments right now. And then before we do the Ten Commandments, we always cover the tweets from Bishop Strickland and talk about uh, issues of the day. And actually, we're on the Sixth Commandment, still our third segment, which is on the Thou shalt not commit adultery. We're talking about the beauty of the love of husband and wife. Bishop Strickland, so good to see you each week. Thank you for joining us. It's your show, and I just happen to be sitting in a chair, and uh, I just love learning more about my Catholic faith, and so thanks for taking the time with us. Thanks, Terry. Bishop Strickland, on the 18th of August, you did a tweet. You sent out a tweet. It said, we must heed the words in our hearts and in our nation. If leaders are determined to ignore the right to life of the unborn— we can be assured that they will also ignore our rights when it fits their agenda. And then you quote St. John Paul and say, pray for us. So, Bishop Strickland, what, what are you leading to? I kind of figure what you're leading about, but tell us, explain what exactly that tweet's all about. Well, sadly, there are just too many uh, politicians that are really very aggressively pushing abortion as a right Mm -hmm. and as something that even has been called good. Um, You know, not just a few years ago, even politicians that said uh, abortion should be legal, at least they said it should be seldom and it should be as, as seldom as possible. And we try to make it so that it's not necessary, but now it's like, it's, it's a, it's a, something that they want to promote and to act as if it's a good thing and we want to make it as available as possible. Um, And it's just uh, a a misunderstanding of the gift of life that I really believe is at the very core of what's wrong in our country and throughout the world, a lack of respect for the human person. Um, And uh, just, you know, with that tweet, I don't know if it was a reaction to that. I don't look at a lot of the responses, but I did happen to see one that said, oh, another single agenda Catholic. <laughs> um, but and it's certainly not a single agenda, but it's a building block that if the life of the unborn isn't respected, then the life of the elderly isn't, the life of the immigrant isn't, the life of the poor isn't, the life of, I mean, just go down the list. If the life of the unborn, um, and people have even talked about it uh, with back, you know, a hundred years ago or more now, um, slavery was uh, something that was accepted. I mean, we had a civil war, one of the worst wars this nation has ever endured because of slavery. And if you read some of the the statements about those who were proponents of slavery, I think, and people have pointed out that it sounds a lot like what people that are proponents of abortion are saying. They're less than human. They don't have the same value. And I think we really need to, to listen to our past and recognize that Politicians that are speaking about unborn children as 
disposable and it, we have a right to eliminate them if we choose to, you can go back 100 years or more and see the rhetoric about those who were promoting slavery. And it's, it's a real, really a parallel rhetoric. So if people want to accuse me of being a one agenda Catholic because I constantly speak out on the rights of the unborn, for one thing, there's not an unborn child that can speak out. Somebody has to speak out for them. And certainly, I don't believe it's, it's the one agenda, but it's the preeminent agenda, like we've talked about before. And if you take away that building block, I think you see where we are. Um, and you see how people are devalued in many different aspects of society with human trafficking. I mean, we could go into a lot of conversation about how the human person is not valued as a child of God. Only God gives life and only God should take that life away. Otherwise, certainly accidents happen and that's tragic. But if another person intervenes and takes a person's life, we call that murder. And we need to call it murder from conception to natural death. And more and more, as we've talked about it, we've, we see that, you know, it, in um, the catechism, it talks about euthanasia yeah. um, and how that is immoral, which is basically later on in life, whether it's a disabled person or an elderly person, a direct intervention to take a life or by simply not intervening and not in neglect can that sometimes is how euthanasia plays out. Um, but to, to not respect life is one of the most basic ways that we are broken as a human society today. So we've got to start rebuilding that by respecting life from conception to natural death. So mm. I'll keep harping on it. Thank you. Because people aren't listening. Absolutely. I remember one of my doctor friends who met St. John Paul II when he was the Pope, and St. John Paul II was saying something similar to what you just said about the sacredness of life. And then the Holy Father said to my friend, who, who's a doctor in Southern California, that, um, but you know what? I don't know if people are listening to me. Uh, and uh, this, uh, this particular doctor was talking about uh, cloning and all this stuff at the time, and he said, uh, Holy Father, nobody listens to me either. So we just got to keep doing our duty. But St. John Paul II also said something strong about pro-life that I'd like to add. It was a document that he did on, on life, on the issues of life. He said this, not me, I just happen to agree with it. St. John Paul II called governments that legalize abortion a tyrant state. Now, if he said that, I think I'm really comfortable in saying that because a saint said it, and it's talking about America. Those individuals who will not give the least of our brothers, the unborn babies, life, that's a tyrant state. And I would say this. I'm not gonna, I can't tell you how to vote, but make sure that that issue of life is number one on your list when you drop your vote in November because it's important that we can turn Roe versus Wade around through the courts because— um, we need to protect the most vulnerable, which are really the unborn babies in mother's wombs. 
So I would just to say that. But also, uh, Bishop Strickland, I like to tell a good news story that ties into pro-life. Uh, this is on LifeSite News. Polish nuns save 18th baby left in the convent's window of life, the baby box. These are Franciscan sisters of the family of Mary. I never even heard of the Franciscan (laughs) sisters of the family of Mary, but they're out there in Poland, and they've created a special box for parents to leave children whom they can no longer care for. And I think it's in 12 years, they've had uh, 40 babies that they've been able to save. And then they find they find mothers, they find a mom and dad to uh, you know to take over uh, and, and adopt the kids. But I just think it's awesome. And I was thinking when I said this, why can't we do this? Well, there's a gentleman my in my uh, Southern California. He's a Protestant minister. He does that same thing. And then I looked on the internet. And there's a guy in South Korea who does the same exact thing. He puts a box out and says, "Leave the baby." Now in Southern California, the fire department says you can leave a baby at the fire department with no questions answered. So if somebody's got an unplanned pregnancy where they didn't expect to have this baby and they don't think they can handle it, there are alternatives to giving that baby life and giving it to a family that's looking for a child. Because believe it or not, Bishop Strickland, I know you know this, but maybe some people don't. There are many couples who are not able to have children and they would love to adopt children. So that's our pro-life success story. Bishop Strickland, I have one more, uh, well, two more tweets. Uh, I love when you tweet Archbishop Sheen stuff because, you know, as you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm very much devoted to Archbishop Sheen. He's helped me so much in my faith. But here's another tweet. You said, Archbishop Sheen said, the more divine a religion is, the more the world will ridicule you. For the spirit of the world is the enemy of Christ. Let us rejoice as the apostles did in the first century, when we, as they, suffer in the name of Jesus. Is this, uh, I mean, that's prophetic. I, I could see that coming. But w- what made you do that quote for this time? I mean, what, what were you thinking of? Well, I think that one of the, the beauties of our Catholic faith mm-hmm. is that it's all about supernatural Amen. Um, or divine truth. Amen. And... Uh, it's interesting because I've had, and we live in a, and I'm in a diocese here in Northeast Texas where we're less, well less than 10% of the population is Catholic. But thankfully, many of the people are very faithful uh, Christians yeah. and very devoted to Jesus Christ. Um, the The Catholic faith is all about Jesus if we really understand the faith. And I've had um, even Protestant ministers who are not Catholic and not even not certainly not becoming Catholic, but when they're dealing with something that is really, they say, okay, this is supernatural. They send people to the Catholic church. (laughs) Um, I think there's an understanding that we are all about the divine, about the supernatural life. Well said. We're going to come right back with Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Don't turn that dial. We'll be right back.
Help the Helpless, a Minnesota St. Paul nonprofit organization chaired by Father of Tear and volunteers, is humbly asking you for your kind support to help the poor and the handicapped children in India and Ecuador. Through financial support from the Help of the Helpless benefactors, the children are provided with clothing, food. Join VMPR you for your kind support to help the poor and the handicapped children in India and Ecuador. Through financial support from the Help of the Helpless benefactors, the children are provided with clothing, food, education, shelter, and the teachings of the Catholic Church. The mission is to help children thrive and become self-sufficient young adults leading productive lives. We also provide aid to poor families in Ecuador with food baskets, medicines, medical assistance, and help with funeral needs for the deceased. The work in India is done by Father Antonio's organization, St. Mary's. In Ecuador, the work is being done by the Servant Sisters of the Home of Mother. You can call us at 877-762-8857. To learn more, please visit our website, www.helpthehelpless.org. God bless you. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome back. Bishop Strickland was just sharing with us Archbishop Sheen's comment, the more divine a religion is, the more the world will ridicule you, for the spirit of the world is the enemy of Christ. And then Bishop Strickland says, let us rejoice as the apostles did in the first century, when we, as they, suffer in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, Bishop Strickland, explain that one. <laughs> I love it. Well, the um, the Acts of the Apostles specifically says uh, that Peter and the others, yep. as they were told by the authorities, this is very early on after Jesus had died and risen, after the resurrection appearances, the the church is just very at the very beginning stages, and the authorities are telling them, quit using the name of Jesus. That's right. There, There's a great power in that name. Amen. Um, and it's very evident with the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, after Pentecost, they're able to cure people, and it's, you know, it's disruptive to, to, the, to the authorities, the Roman Empire, that wants to, you know, keep under th- everything under control. 
and they rejoice in the suffering that they specifically say they rejoice to suffer for the name of Jesus. And I think we, um, many people through the ages have suffered for the name of Jesus, but I think we have to be ready to do the same. I mean, Jesus says right there in the Gospels, if you want to be my disciple, you must take up your cross and follow me. And all of us has our own individual cross. And I think it's important to remember that suffering in the name of Christ is should be joyful. It's not, we don't want to suffer. And I mean, there are whole industries in our society today to take away pain and to make things comfortable. Um, but I, I'm sure we've mentioned it before, and I'm sure both of our mothers used to say, offer it up, you know, <laughs> and that's what it's all connected to, to join suffering to the redemptive suffering of Jesus Christ. And that's what we have to be willing to do for the divine faith that has been given to us and passed down through the ages. A lot of people have suffered so that we could have the faith and have the freedom to live the faith. Well said, Bishop Strickland. I think of two things. One, first Colossians, I fill up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the good of the church, redemptive suffering. And I, I also just, when you, when you tweeted that, what it came to my mind was our own day and age right now where if we stand up and speak out as Christians, not just Catholics, but people of goodwill, you know, we get ridiculed for saying some traditional things like, you know, I, I believe in objective truth. I believe in God's word. No, there, there's going to be people saying poo-poo to that. And so I think that the advice you've given is, yeah, I mean, expect to, I mean, if you're going to be a follower of Christ, as Fulton Sheen used to say, without Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday. And so we need to understand that we are going to be persecuted when we speak for righteous sake. And so thanks for that. I'm glad you mentioned the the Easter Sunday part, because uh, one of my tweets also, Mm -hmm. um, I talk about, you know, we're hearing a lot about campaigns. Yes, we are. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, The presidential and otherwise. And so I've tweeted a, a couple of times about what I'm calling the joy campaign. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've seen those no. tweets, Tell but um, I think it's important to remember what Christ tells us. He came that our joy might be complete. Mm. And as we talk about suffering and the yeah. cross, absolutely, that's woven into it. Yeah. But the perspective of the saints, the perspective of the martyrs, and the perspective that we should have as the baptized is everlasting joy. That's the plan. That's what God offers us. And I think that uh, it's easy for me, for all of us to lose sight of that. And that's why I said we need the joy campaign is to to look for joy in our lives. Uh, You have joy in your family, and I'm sure you have the cross as well. Absolutely. But we need to, without um, pretending the cross and the suffering isn't there, I mean, there's unprecedented suffering and anxiety in this time, really throughout the world, and certainly in our nation, in the church, and in our communities, in our families. Um, But we are, as Christians, we are called to be people who believe Jesus when he said, 
I came that your joy may be complete. And we need to really hang on to that. Even as we suffer, the reason our suffering is meaningful is that it's only a temporary suffering that leads to everlasting joy. I mean, if you think about it, that is the best thing on the market. Yeah, I <laughs> everlasting love joy. Yep. The how many how many big companies would love to be able to claim that they and they do sort of with yep. their great advertising. Yep. They really promise that you're just going to be happier than ever if you buy this or you yep. do this or you participate in this product or whatever. Um Really, the Christian gospel yep. is the only thing that offers joy beyond this world, supernatural, divine joy. That's the product that, you know, is what Catholicism and Christianity offer the world. And we're so slow to take that up. But that's why I think it's important to remember the joy, even in the midst of the suffering. Absolutely. I think of what St. Augustine said, if you pray well, you will live well. If you live well, you'll die well. If you die well, all will be well. And that's from our joy. Bishop Strickland, one last uh, tweet you did, uh, words from Fulton Sheen again. And it's simple. He says, right is still right if nobody is right, and wrong is still wrong if everybody is wrong. You stated it reminds you of St. Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, you must never grow weary of doing what is right, brothers. Let us always seek to do the right thing. So in other words, majority vote doesn't mean anything when it's like, well, it's legal. Abortion is legal, so that must make it right. Is, is that what you're saying here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we tend to end you know, democracy, I believe, is the the best form of government we've got uh, because it it it's founded on people's freedom, mm -hmm. but it's also founded on a morality that we are sadly letting slip through our fingers and that too many people are ignoring. Um, there's a another tweet that that I put out Good. there about uh, Archbishop Sheehan that said basically that if we um, Without morality, oh, yeah. democracy can vote itself out. Right. And I think that's what we're in danger of yep. with this election. Yep. Um, if you just ignore the basic morality of, of sacred scripture, of what the catechism of the Catholic Church teaches, if you ignore that basic morality, and one of those, you know, again, the the sanctity of life is one of those basic elements, the sanctity of life. The sanctity of marriage, that's kind of getting back to our topic that we yeah. are still talking about, the sure. Sixth Commandment. That's right. The the reality of a real marriage between one man and one woman Amen. for life is what the Sixth Commandment is really all about. Yes. And to promote marriage as something that we can redefine is destructive to democracy, ultimately. Yeah. Because democracy has to be founded on a moral society. The earliest commentaries on democracy all agree with that. Bishop, and when we let go of morality, 
Amen. We are in danger of voting democracy out of the picture. Amen. The quote, you're, uh, the tweet you're talking about, I'll read it. When a democracy loses its moral sense, it can vote itself right out of democracy. And Bishop Sheen wrote these words more than 70 years ago, but the wisdom is timeless. Let us wake up to this threat because a loss of moral sense is the worst plague we face. Bishop Strickland, just a quick note. I read an article about 73 different civilizations uh, that this uh, professor from England wrote about saying that when a, a culture loses its morality after three generations, it ceases to exist. And this is after studying world history. And I thought, boy, he's spot on. And I've, I've heard other people say that same thing. So that's why we have to bring back a, more, a moral code. And the moral code is natural law, but also divine revelation. And that's our job as committed Christians to share that good news with our people. We're almost at the end of the second segment, Bishop Strickland. And then we're going to jump right into the sixth commandment. The last thing I wanted to ask for, for you uh, in these tweets is how can people get a hold of all your tweets, those who say, why do I have to wait for you to read them, Tara? I want to know, do you, how, do, how can they get on, uh, what do they need to do to get the tweets directly sent to them? Well, you can certainly get on Twitter, mm -hmm. or if you, and a lot of people say they don't want to be on Twitter, <laughs> but um, because there is a lot of negative there, but it's also available on the St. Philip Institute Good. website. SaintPhilipInstitute.org, Philip with one L, mm -hmm. just that's simply Saint S T Philip P H I L I P Institute.org, and the the tweets are directly linked to that website, so you can um, if you want to just see what I've tweeted, yeah. you can just check out that website. Excellent. And it's it's amazing with the electronics because it literally is there. As soon as I tweet it, it shows up on that <laughs> website feed. Great. And also you uh it has my um my own personal website, bishopstrickland.com, where I add longer articles like uh recently I um put out information about how do we how do we navigate this election yeah. as believers as catholics Excellent. as christians and there are five points on my website for how do we do that in a coherent way there are also some videos that are out there because i think people are looking for Absolutely. how do we navigate this chaotic world yep. we're in and we navigate it with the truth that christ has revealed he loves us, and he died for us, but he also rose. He is the great hope of humanity. Amen. And uh, we need to let people know that, because I know there's a lot of fear and concern out there. Um, and I try. I get caught up in the negative sometimes because I get angry to see <laughs> truth being ignored, but I try to keep it as positive as possible because people need positive. Right. People need hope. People need to know there's joy in life. People know there's a lot of good in the world, even with all the headlines that we see of the bad. I mean, with this hurricane that's threatening um, the, the coast of Texas, 
There will be great stories that we need to highlight. Amen. People going out of their way to help others. We'll be right back with the Bishop Strickland Hour after this quick break. Ernesto from Long Beach. You know, I just wanted to comment, you know, and I just wanted to thank you guys. And I kind of wanted to encourage people that are listening, maybe that are not donating, you know, because honestly, I got to be honest, I used to think you guys were a little too over the top, time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You That's know, right. If God gave us a lot, you know, and I'm, I have the blessing of listening to all this, I just want to call all the people, you know, I've got five kids, you know, and I don't make a lot of money, and I'm still donating to you guys. God bless you, brother. You're amazing. We gotta. We have to do this. We have to do the extra. And it's not even the extra. People see it like it's extra. Kneeling for communion, saying your rosary, saying the Divine Mercy Chaplet. It is not extra. It's what the church tells us to do. Amen. You're a good man, brother. 30 years old, 29 years old, five kids, and I thank you guys. But everybody else, man, get on fire. Fight for the truth, man. I know what I'm telling you guys. There's I so love it. Out there. Join VMPR live on YouTube September 12, 2020 for our latest free conference, The Ultimate Challenge. This exclusive virtual event will feature a brand new talk from Jesse Romero, How Apologetics Brought Me Back to Faith, plus never-before-broadcast video presentations from Dr. Scott Hahn, Father Mitch Pacwa, and the late, great Father Benedict Groeschel. Go to vmpr.org to register now and get ready to face the ultimate challenge. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name's Terry Barber. I'm with Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Just a quick note, we have lots of other programs that we're doing if you go to our website, to uh, to the uh, our website at virginmostpowerfulradio.org, you can find out about all the other shows we do live. Uh, Bishop Strickland, I'm on uh, in the Catechism, par- paragraph twenty three sixty on uh, thus shall commit, cannot cannot uh, commit adultery. We've gone to this is our third segment uh, that we've done. It's it's a big segment, our big uh, uh, section of the Catechism. But for those who own a catechism, and I would recommend that everyone owns a catechism, where paragraph 2360 kind of sets the stage of the love of a husband and wife. And I want to recommend the theology of the body right off the bat, because once we understand what St. John Paul II did in the 1960s with uh, the sexual love between a husband and wife, it really 
gives great, it's like what they call it a, a nuclear bomb in, in marriage because it's so powerful. But let me read paragraph 2360, and then let's talk about that section of love and husband and wife. The catechism says sexuality is ordered to the conjugal love of a man and a woman. In marriage, the physical intimacy of the spouses becomes a sign and a pledge of a spiritual communion. How many guys realize that? What? It's true. It says marriage bonds between baptized persons are sanctified by the sacrament. Now, there's a lot more in there, but that just sets the tone for Bishop Strickland to do a little teaching on on, on marriage. So, Bishop Strickland, what are your thoughts? Well, um, as you said, Terry, yeah. it really expresses it there. Mm-hmm. And we have to mm-hmm. recognize what marriage is. Amen. Um, and I love that just one sentence is is a, an indication of a truth that has been so lost mm-hmm. in our lifetime. Yeah. Sexuality is ordered to the conjugal love of man and woman. Mm-hmm. To ordered. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so much disorder in the world. And it goes back to in the previous segment we were talking about joy. Yes. I think that, you know, uh, many times probably both of us have heard Oh, the Catholic Church, you know, hates sex. It's against sex. It's all no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but ultimately, really, I think this sentence in the Catholic Catechism reminds us it's ordered to the joy, to the fulfillment of sexuality is ordered to the conjugal love of man and woman. Um and we, we see so many ways that it's broken in the world today. And certainly that brokenness is not, doesn't have to be a permanent condition. People can make the choice to heal that brokenness in their own relationship. Maybe there's a couple that are married, but for whatever reasons, their, their um, conjugal life, their life as a married man and woman yeah. is not healthy, um, is not really bringing about that unitive character mm-hmm. that is part of marriage. To bring the two shall become one. Amen. Um, and as a married man, I'm sure that that is a challenge, but also a great joy and a great mystery. That's part of what I've given up as a celebrate Catholic priest. Right. I don't have that woman in my life that I become one with. Right. Um, certainly, there's a spousal relationship with the church that a priest is called to. Yes. Like Christ's spousal relationship. That talking about that kind of sacrificial love that is built into the conjugal love that you experience with your wife. Right. Um, and I think that we've lost so much of that. It's it's almost like speaking a foreign language to a lot of people. Um, and I think we really have to go back to the basics to help people understand that that sentence, period, sexuality is ordered to the conjugal love of man and woman. Um, that sets the, the stage and the foundation 
for going further into the catechism mm -hmm. and going further into what that sexuality is all about. Bishop Strickland, I don't know if you remember back in the early 1980s, I was a younger man at the time, and St. John Paul II, as the Pope, came out and told husbands not to lust after their wives. And the media took that and said, what are you talking about? Can you imagine this celibate Pope telling us not to lust? Oh, no. And then he explained the theology of the body back in the early 80s. That was when I first, I think it was 82 is when he uh, did all the, or 81 or 82, he did those talks. But when he said that, the world didn't understand uh, sexuality. They, they really think, and we still have this mentality that sexuality is like the gym. We're going to go have some a workout. We're going to have sex with this person or that person and think that it's just like it's, it's nothing intimate. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm having fun. And the world misses what Christ has instituted uh, with a husband and a wife that is, as paragraph 2361 says, sexuality by the means of a man and a woman give themselves, are you ready, to one another through acts which are proper and exclusive to spouses. It is not something simply biological that the world would say, but concerns the inmost being of the human person as such. It is realized in a truly human way only if it is integral part of the love by which a man and a woman commit themselves totally to one another until death. See, that's what the world is missing uh, from the um, from their sexuality. We we don't see it as the bond and the uh, intimacy of a husband and wife as being one. They we see it unfortunately as only from a pleasure perspective. And I think Fulton Sheen used to say on his life is worth living that people don't that, that they don't they don't believe in uh, they, in birth or, or control. Those who try to uh, manip manipulate the uh, fertility of their husband and wife. In other words. We don't understand what God has given, and so we selfishly look at it as it's all about me. Am I on to something there, Bishop? Absolutely. And uh, I really like the, the sentence that says, mm -hmm. it is realized in a truly human way yeah. only if it is an integral part of love by which a man and a woman commit themselves. Totally. A truly human way. Yeah. And if you think about that, what is... What is it to be truly human? Yeah. It goes back to the book of Genesis. Yep. We're created in the image and likeness of God. And really, Terry, yep. I would say that the when a, a man and a woman in the commitment of marriage, yes. in that unitive and procreative aspect working together um, in the wholeness of their relationship, it's not just physical, it's spiritual, Amen. it's mental, it's it's every aspect of the human person. That's right. What's beautiful about that is that really you could say that you and your wife are most human when you are loving each other because you are most in the image and likeness of God. And that's where you know, we get into the whole issue that you already alluded to, the issue of contraception. Yes. And it's, you know, people say, oh, the Catholic Church is crazy. And this is, I mean, Paul, when St. Paul VI, the yeah. Pope at the time, back in 1968, issued Humanae Vitae, yes. which is Latin for 
human life. Um, when that was issued, many people, including the most of the bishops in the United States, mm. and I presume around the world, said this is wrong, this is antiquated, yeah. the, the church needs to update. Huh. But the to what really is sad yeah. is you and your wife, you said you have, what, five children? Yeah, I've had six. Six. That's my family, too. Six <laughs> children. I should have remembered. But um, you are godlike. Yeah, we procreate. When yep. That's a right. child comes forth from your lovemaking, Amen. you are more like God That's right. than at any other time. Yeah. You are participating in procreation. Amen. You are you are imitating God yeah. in bringing a new person into the world. There's a beauty there that we've just lost in a, a fleeting moment of pleasure that is what, I mean, the, the world's definition of sexuality is a fleeting moment of pleasure, yep. however you can get it, yep. however you want to, you know, yep. do whatever you want for that fleeting moment of pleasure. Yeah. But it really is. I mean, and I think that's why um, it's so volatile. Yeah. It is so destructive um, to when sexuality gets out of focus in whatever way. And yeah. we could, you know, oh, have there's lots any of segments yeah. on how that happens. Yeah. It it really is destructive to the human person. That's right. Just as when it is is really according to God's plan. It is such a beautiful part of, it is the greatest sign of the human person, mm -hmm. of a man and a woman loving each other and a new life coming from that love. There's nothing more beautiful. And for that reason, I think it's so beautiful when it is on the right track. When it gets off track, it is, it is volatile and it's poison. It's destructive to that man and that woman and to our human society. I'd like to offer our listeners Dr. Scott Hahn's series called Life-Giving Love with Kimberly Hahn. They did it in the 1990s at our family conference, and it went over extremely well. I have a, a story where a young man had been newly, or newly uh, married, and the wife uh, wanted children, but the husband didn't. He wanted to wait years. And basically, he heard that series, Life-Giving Love. And if people want to get it, just call Eight seven seven five two six two one five one. I think it'll inspire you to see what we're saying about marital love. Scott Hahn and Kimberly Hahn, and uh, like I say, it's free. You can just call eight seven seven five two six two one five one. We'll download it to you. We'll come back with Bishop Strickland talking about the sixth commandment: Thou shalt not, not adult, commit adultery. We're talking about the love of the husband and wife on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Join VMPR live on YouTube September 12, 2020 for our latest free conference, The Ultimate Challenge. This exclusive virtual event will feature a brand new talk from Jesse Romero. 
how apologetics brought me back to faith, plus never-before-broadcast video presentations from Father Mitch Pacwa, Dr. Scott Hahn, and the late, great Father Benedict Groeschel. And the question is, how do you understand the words of Jesus, this is my body, not this bread is my body, but this is my body, this is the cup of my blood. And may I state, categorically and emphatically, that you can not understand it. It is a mystery. Go to vmpr.org to register now and get ready to face the ultimate challenge. Absolutely mysterious. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for your support here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Here's an easy way to do it. If you're going to sell or buy a house, call Real Estate for Life, 877-543-3871, because they're going to get you a Christ-centered agent to purchase your home or to sell your home. And at the close of escrow, a portion of his commission goes right back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Call 877-543-3871. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name is Terry Barber, and we're talking about the Sixth Commandment, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I wanted to give a recommendation that seems to work. Bishop Sheen taught me this, and that is married couples, renew your marriage vows often. I know people tell me I did it on my 25th or my 50th wedding anniversary. And Three to Get Married by Bishop Sheen, and I'm offering that also for free if people want to get that book on on an audio file, they can uh, call 877-526-2151. But Bishop Sheen says, we, your love for your husband will not last because you're strong, or vice versa. No, it will last because you have the power to renew it. So I'm going to recommend today that I'm going to go home and tell my wife I'm renewing the vows. And if she was in the room, she'd say, I'd say, Mary, uh, do you ever get tired of me renewing my vows to you? And she has a big Irish smile. and She'd say, never. I love it. And I guarantee you, gentlemen, take your wives for a walk, renew your marriage vows often. It really helps a marriage. Bishop Strickland, paragraph 2364, talks about married couples forms the intimate partnership of life and love and established by the Creator, governed by His laws. It is rooted in conjugal covenant. That is their irrevocable personal consent. This is the part I thought was beautiful. Both give themselves definitively and totally to one another. And this is powerful. They are no longer two. From now on, they form one flesh. The covenant they freely contracted imposed on the spouses the obligation to preserve it as unique and indestructible. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put us under. Now, Bishop Strickland that's, I mean, in a world that we're living in right now, that paragraph, you look at that and you go, you really believe that? And I would say, absolutely. 
What are your thoughts on that paragraph, Bishop Strickland? Well, it does get to the very root of, of <laughs> the, the challenges and the struggle that we face now because um, they're just many, sadly, many marriages don't don't model that. And and I think that we we have to remember that um, God's plan is is the most beautiful plan yeah. for a man and a woman. And uh, certainly there, there are challenges. I'm sure in your marriage, your marriage, you face challenges, but it renewing your vows mm -hmm. and staying strong with the commitment, I think is a big part of that. Um, just remembering yes. that it's not something that is, is a, you know, as long as we both feel like it, <laughs> Give me a but break. it's a lifetime commitment. Yeah. And, and I think that sets a different context that, um, and I'm sure a lot of people, I mean, uh, as a man who's never been married, what, what do I have to say about marriage? But I think the the reality is, and I, I think it's, it's very positive mm -hmm. for me as an unmarried man to speak about the ideal of marriage of course. or for someone like Pope St. Pope John Paul II Absolutely. to speak about marriage because it is an ideal. It is a model that all of us can look at and be inspired by. I mean, my parents didn't have a perfect marriage, but they were committed to each other and were married for 50 years wow. before my, my father died. Um, and that's what marriage is about. Just on that topic, uh, I love to share a story. Yeah, I love stories. Of a, because of a, every year here in the diocese, we have on World Marriage Day, Good. we have a mass for all of those who are celebrating five years, 10 years, 15 years, yeah. however many years of marriage. We had a couple that I believe was celebrating 73 years oh of marriage. Oh my gosh. And someone asked the man, yeah. how have you done this? How did you, you know, live your commitment of marriage so long? And I loved his sort of deadpan answer. <laughs> he said, neither of us died. <laughs> that's funny. And that is, that's what it comes down to. To have that kind of a commitment <laughs> until death do us part. We're both still alive, so we're still married. And I think we need to help for the good of humanity and for the happiness of the man and the woman. Mm -hmm. um, sadly, even within marriage, too often sexuality is more in the model of the world mm -hmm. than in the model that the catechism talks about here, that where it is a mutual sharing where the two become one. Yes. And it's too because of uh, all sorts of influences in society, um, men can see their wives, even if, it, if they are married and yeah. they're validly married and they, they have a commitment, they can treat their wives as just a pleasure device. Objects, yep. Instead of Amen. really Amen. loving them That's right. through their lovemaking, you yeah. know. Sure. Too often, sadly, love isn't made. <laughs> in in the physical right uh, love making that happens it's just either you know one of one or the other having pleasure and the other one 
just enduring it, you yeah. know, and certainly it can be yeah. the 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 man or the woman, probably most often the man falls into that trap of just using his wife as a as an object of pleasure. Yeah. But um, that is where the the catechism says it so beautifully, both give themselves definitively and totally to one another. Totally giving yourself to someone is physical, absolutely, but it's also emotional and it's psychological. Mm -hmm. It's it's in every aspect of who you are. And that's, as I've talked to men through my years as a priest talking to couples that were sure. maybe having challenges in their marriage, um, I think that the total self-giving sometimes is hard for men because, and I think that's what a lot of women struggle with is that their their husband is emotionally absent, yeah. even though they may be physically present um, and may be physically involved in lovemaking, but they're they're not in every aspect of themselves, both giving themselves definitively and totally to one another means a lot of sharing from the heart that doesn't come naturally to men. I mean, even as a celibate man with friends that I have, you know, I'm a pretty quiet guy. Yeah. And friends will often say, you know, you need to share more. And, <laughs> and I think sometimes a lot of men have trouble sharing their emotions and sharing more deeply, even with their spouse, even with their wife. And uh, so I think that it's something that we need to to really pay attention to for the sake of the man and the woman, because as St. John Paul II said very clearly, as marriage and family goes, so goes human society. I mean, that's a paraphrase, but that's the gist of what he said. And if marriage and family are falling apart, which they are, sadly, certainly not all, but as an institution, marriage, and, and people are trying to redefine marriage. That's right. And when you do that, it undermines even those who have the basics that it is a man and a woman with all the redefinition of marriage. It's making even those who are capable of being married, a man and a woman, forget what marriage is really about. So um, there is a lot undermined. But again, getting back to the hope and the joy that Christ wants to share with us, we need to let young people know that God's model is the, the greatest path to happiness in this life and certainly for everlasting life. But even in this world, those who that man and woman that were married for 73 years yeah. had great happiness as living out what the catechism talks about. They truly become one um, that no one can put asunder because they, they truly become one, one person uh, in God's love. Bishop Strickland, you nailed it. And I just think on the practical side, uh, you know, sacrifice is the language of love. And for husbands, you know, I, may, I give a recommendation that I learned when I first got married. I gave my wife a cup of water every morning on her bedside because I would get up earlier than she would. And I would say, honey... I give you this water, and please accept it with my love and my devotion. And she loved it. And so for 30-some years, I, had, I never miss a day. 
giving. But my point, gentlemen, this is my point. Women like little things that we can do for them. And they also want to hear this, that I love you. And you need to tell your wife throughout the day that you love her and that you appreciate all the things she does, whether it's cleaning up after the kids or um, keeping the house clean. And, or I, hey, I noticed that, you know, uh, you did this or your hair. You know, these are little things that women need. And, gentlemen, I've only learned this from on-the-job training, okay? <laughs> I found out that they want to hear from us, and to, we need to articulate the appreciation for what they do uh, here at the home. And uh, that's all I wanted to recommend is just the language of love is sacrifice. And I find that the more little sacrifices that I can do for my wife, it gives me opportunities to love her in ways that, yes, the intimate love of a husband and wife is powerful. But you know what? It's also powerful that I could even little things. I got her a new dress. Okay. And I picked it out. Okay. Last week. And it came and I said, honey, it looks better on you than I thought it would. You know, so just compliments go a long ways in marriage. And I think that the men that I've uh, counseled, I was just with about 25 guys last Wednesday. We talked about this same issue, and it's nothing new, Bishop. We we all need affirmation. Even the bishop needs to be told he's doing a good job if he's doing a good job because we all need to be told uh, that we, we, are, we are appreciated by what who we are and because it's the dignity of the person. And what Bishop Strickland quoted was a letter to the families by St. John Paul II in 1994. The way the family goes is the way the culture goes. Bishop Strickland, could we all get a blessing from you? We have about a minute left of the show. Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Mighty God, we ask your blessing for all the men and women listening, and especially for all the married couples, the men and women that are committed in marriage, that they may be strengthened and find the joy. If their marriage is struggling, that they may turn to you and the power of your word for that strength. We ask your blessing for all marriages and for all men and women to recognize the gifts that you have given them. Guide us always in the light of your Son, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Bishop Strickland. For those who just heard the first show, we, we actually have these all podcast on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, and you can check us out with all the other shows that we produce here at Virgin Most Powerful. Thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully next week, God willing, we're going to finish up the Sixth Commandment. It's a, we've been, This will be our fourth segment on it. May God richly bless you and your family. God love you. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great High Priest, May the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us.
Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.